Hello, friends. Welcome to a tale not for the faint of heart. The year is 1890. The place, Boston. A dark and sinister force has seeped into our world, corrupting and conquering all it touches. Now, four adventurers have banded together. Can they keep the darkness from holding total dominion over all. Find out as our heroes face the Red Death. And your eyelids flutter open and you're in this basement. You uh, kind of look over and this uh, this guy in a robe sees that you, you've sort of come to uh, and you're still sort of dazed and he walks over and kicks you in the head as hard as he can, and everything goes dark again. All right, uh, so now we're back in the upstairs hallway, and uh, the the few of you walk in there, and you notice that uh, the you know the the metal door is is not descended anymore, um, and there's a pretty strong smell in the air. Um, it's been about probably about forty five minutes since the the doors dropped down since you spent, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes in the basement of the bookstore, really pouring over everything and looking carefully. And uh, Detective O'Neill sniffs the air and he says, uh, what? what is that? It smells terrible. Sawyer looks at Agnes. Um, can I check to see whether I recognize like a chemical smell? In my- yeah, definitely. Give me a biology chemistry check. 11. Okay. Uh, so it's... You definitely recognize it, but it's not something you can put your finger on. It's a, uh, you've definitely smelled it before. You definitely know that it's, that it's something you've encountered before, but it's not springing to mind. Okay. Has it anything to do with uh, opiates? Uh, it does not. It's not a smell you recognize. Thank you. And uh, for people listening at home who are saying biology, chemistry check, what's that? Um, so since red death is a little bit of a different setting, uh, there were a couple proficiencies that uh, were tweaked and or added in and biology chemistry was one of them. So, so you make your way down the hall uh, and at the end you, there's a door uh, and detective O'Neill kind of pushes it open and goes through. So you step into a large parlor that's lavishly furnished um, with leather chairs and a fire that's, um, that's still burning. Uh, it looks like it's been tended pretty recently. There aren't any doors into or out of the room that you can see. And there are two large bookshelves on each side of the room. There are cigars, snifters of liquor around the room, um, and seven glasses around the room, uh, three partially filled with what appears to be brandy. Sawyer's keeping it uh, himself. If if there was danger where he would be standing, were he the the danger, uh, he's standing between it and Agnes at any moment, but also tempting towards the uh, the liquor. Agnes, you see anything off with those bookshelves? Uh, I'll take a look. I will go take a look at these bookshelves. Sawyer's pouring a glass of uh, of bourbon with his left hand, keeping his right hand close to his holster. Sure. Uh, as you're pouring that, Detective O'Neill says, uh, Marshal Sawyer, you might not want to do that. Points to the ground, and you see that there's a gra- uh, glass, what was a glass, of this brandy shattered on the ground. 
Sawyer stops pouring. Okay. <laughs> he, he looks at the glass that he was pouring and everything seems right except just the what he's looking at or what, what he sees the result to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like it's a it's burning through the you know. I mean, obviously, it wouldn't it be okay? He, he puts it down. He looks. He looks at the detective and he says, uh, "Well, that spoils that." <laughs> and then he looks over at the chimney and says, "You were right about that. I don't think I would have fit through there." And uh, he says, "And it would have been a hot trip down." All right. Uh, so, Agnes, do you want to give us uh, an investigation check? I need to figure out things to do that aren't just perception and investigation checks for y'all. No, it's books, but I rolled a natural one. Okay. Um, so uh, there are books on those shelves. <laughs> are you fixating on one book, like one rare book that? <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So as you're looking, you see that there's this uh, this book that your father has talked about encountering uh, when he was in medical school. Um, that was uh, one of the most absurd things he had ever read with these sort of truly crazy ideas about how human anatomy works. Um, you know, sort of like those old travel tales where it's like, and in the, the continents of the Africas, there's, there are tribes with heads below their shoulder, you know, like just crazy <laughs> shit like that. And so you just become transfixed and you're like, Oh my God, this, wow. I take the book. Yeah. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you're flipping through some of the pages and uh, <laughs> and noticing just the really crazy stuff and thinking about what a wonderful uh, what a wonderful gift this will be for your dad. Yeah. Sawyer still has the <clears throat> the snifter in his or the, not the snifter the decanter uh, that he was pouring from in his hand. So he has the the decanter full of this bad liquid. But he 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 walks across the whole place towards the bookshelf next to the one that Agnes was. So mm-hmm. Agnes is focused on one. He goes to the other one and he just sort of like looking around with the with the decanter in his hand. Okay. So she's at the right bookshelf. You're at the left. Um, give me an investigation check. For, in, it, I, I'm, look, I'm thinking investigation is a little bit uh, beyond what Sawyer is capable of. Okay. He, he normally looks for, like, it, it, it's like, I, I'm thinking more like he, he does, he does more perception. He's not, he's looking for things out of place sure. because he's not too much of a thinker. So I'd give him too much credit to say that he <laughs> would be investigating. All right. So then maybe an insight check. Cool. Not much better mechanically. Sure. <laughs> not trying to get a mechanical advantage. Just, <laughs> I would hate to say that he's investigating. It's like saying my five-year-old investigates. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, seven. So eight. Okay. Um, so yeah, you notice that these books have, uh, recently been taken off the shelf and this is clearly, uh, clearly an active social club. Um, detective O'Neill sort of is looking around the room and looks, uh, you see him over on the, the sort of table where you took the snifter from, um, and he holds up a little pouch of powder next to it. And he says, um, well, Marshall Sawyer, unless there's any of this in there, probably be all right to drink it, but you might want to have your wits about you. Um, and he sort of waves it. He says, this looks like, uh, he sort of gives it a cautious sniff. He says, yeah, this is a pretty powerful sedative. Um, and he actually uh, picks up one of the glasses, smells it, and then uh, asks if he can see the decanter real quick. Sawyer just holds it out at arm's length. Sure. Expecting the detective to cross the floor to, to the room to reach it. 
he sort of raises an eyebrow at you and shakes his head and walks over, um, gives it a sniff. And he says, yeah, yeah, these drinks have been, uh, they put powder in these drinks. And he says, so I guess that would explain why some of them weren't drank. Well, detective, you seem to have your wits about you. Why don't you tell us where you think they might've gone from this room? He looks around more carefully. Um, Sawyer studying him while he's studying the room. Sure. Um, so he looks carefully. He says, well, there aren't any doors in or out. There, ooh. <laughs> yeah, he figures it out. Um, I like this die. Good work. Um, <laughs> so uh, he looks around. He says, well, there aren't any doors in or out, but they probably didn't leave with your friends. And certainly if the door opened, some people probably came in. Uh, and he sort of, you see him look down carefully at the carpet. Um, and he says, yeah. Yeah, do you see this? And he sort of points to a part where the carpet seems to have been pushed down a little bit more than other places. Um, and looks up at the wall. And he says, yeah. And he starts like, he's staring at the wall and he's sort of pulling on books um, and sure enough, after he, he pulls one of them, uh, this sort of big red dictionary that's sitting on the, on the shelf, he says, yeah, should have figured nobody's going to be reading this. And as he pulls it down, uh, the, the wall sort of slides off to the side. Um, and he says, yeah, secret entrance, pretty classic. This is a, a much bigger wall than the other ones. And he kind of looks around and he says, because it has to be so that this can slide over. <laughs> as he's been as he's been doing this uh, like kind of did you, you know doing that Sherlock Holmes like figuring it all out Sawyer kind of Sawyer kind of uh, sidles up next to Agnes who's reading her book and when he finally gets to that moment of like explaining what it is Sawyer closes the book and says they lived happily ever after <laughs> not in this book they don't <laughs> Kind of embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that I have been completely distracted, even though our friends are like, 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 kind of hide it behind my back a little bit. I put a concerned look back on my face. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, down in the basement, both of you come to a little bit more. And uh, James, you realize this time that uh, you probably should keep as still as possible while you're while you're doing this. And your eyes sort of flutter open, but you're keeping them closed so that. You know, they don't hear you. You hear the sound of chanting and the sound of bodies being pulled along stone floors. Um, and the sound of four voices chanting. What would the what would the two of you like to do? Um, I think I'd like to just get my eyes open just enough where I could see if I see anything directly in my line of sight without having to move my head around or anything like that. Sure. Um, you see uh, about... 10 feet away from you, you're kind of slumped on your side after the kick to the head. And you see uh, a man lying on the floor, staring directly at you. And as you sort of focus on him a little bit more, um, you notice that he's not blinking. Um, And as you move your eyes a little more, uh, you see that his throat has been cut straight across. And there's uh, still a little bit of blood coming out, but not as much as you would expect from a, you know, it's not that his throat was slit right there. 
Um, and he's sort of staring at you blankly with his mouth hanging open. Okay. Um, um, I guess I'd st- maybe if, if I felt like, am I back kind of towards a wall? Yeah. Okay. I think I'd try to start working at the knot around my hand a little or trying to just slightly shifting my arm, you know, mm-hmm. rolling my wrists around just whatever I could to loosen it as much as I could without giving away what I'm doing. Sure. Uh, give me a dexterity check. Okay. Um, are there, any, or do you have any proficiencies that would be applicable to this? I know macrame isn't a proficiency, but <laughs> um, I don't think so. Okay. All right, and I rolled a ten, so twelve total. Okay. Um, you're you're working at it, but uh, you can feel that maybe it's after you woke up. Um, they definitely tied this a little bit tighter. Okay. Um, and you're not really making much leeway with it. All right, do I see, um, do I see Ignacia in the room from where I am? Um, not without turning your head. Okay. And and making movement. Okay, I'll 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 keep my head still. Okay. Point. All right, Ignacia, how about you? I'm awake. Yeah, you come to a little bit um, and uh, sort of slumped up against the wall uh, with your back to the wall kind of propped up um, mm-hmm. and you hear uh, the same chanting that he hears you see three figures um, about uh, about 20 feet away standing over a uh, an immobile figure on this on some sort of altar and uh, there's another figure in a dark robe standing over with a knife um, who jams the knife into the center of the immobile figure's throat and runs it back and forth across it and you see the body sort of convulse and then go completely limp. She's going to be completely silent during this, but like her eyes do widen when this does happen and um, she's going to try to act like she's still knocked out and shut her eyes a bit, but... um, are her hands tied behind her back or in behind, front of her? Behind her back, yeah. Then I'm just going to have her sort of, I guess, doing what uh, James is doing, I guess, in his own way. But she's she's going to see if she can, like, because her, her, she's got a pretty small wrist. So she's going to try to see if she can, like, slip out of the knots. Okay. Uh, give me a dexterity check. Dexterity check. Okay. Uh, that's a 10. Okay. Um, so, yeah, same thing happens with you. You sort of, it doesn't make it worse, but you sort of work your wrists, but realize that uh, they're still pretty well stuck together. Okay. All right, so we're back upstairs, um, and the three of you are peering down in the stone stairwell. As you sort of still yourselves and listen, um, you hear this sort of murmur of voices, but you can't quite make it out. All three of you have, have smelled this before, um, it, and it's a pretty distinctive smell. Uh, it's the smell of blood. Sawyer puts his, you know, his, his not not like his hands, right? Like kind of his presence between Agnes and, and the stairwell, sort of indicating like, you know, stay stay behind me. Um, and he doesn't listen or anything if, if the detective is going to say anything about this. He, uh, something, something, Agnes might notice like a change in demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his face gets a little cold a little bit more uh, like any emotion or feeling kind of drains from it. And the only thing that he's thinking about right now is that Agnes or sorry, that Ignacia is down there. Okay. And uh, he moves. 
quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, Detective O'Neill is is quick on your on your heels uh, and has his has his hand on his gun. Okay, so you quickly circle these stairs, which kind of go down in a spiral, um, and reaching the bottom, you see this massive stone room. Uh, as you look in, you see uh, the same sight that they saw. Um, you see about ten seconds later, um, you see the the blood that's flowing out of this figure's neck. Um, running down into a chalice that the black hooded figure takes and drinks down in one huge gulp. Um, the three other people, two, uh, two women and one man, as he takes a drink, kneel down and continue their chanting. Blood runs out of the corner of this guy's mouth. And on the floor in front, you see a man with his throat raggedly cut. Uh, and then four bound figures, uh, one man, one woman, uh, James and Ignacia. Two figures uh, who aren't James or Ignacia um, are sort of watching everything that's happening with their their eyes wide with terror, but they are clearly drugged. They're not able to move, um, and they're just sort of looking bewilderedly. As the guy in the black figure drains the very last of his chalice, uh, his whole body tenses, throws the robe off of him uh, as all of his muscles seem to flex and then grow. He roars, he becomes larger, and the undershirt that he's wearing sort of rips in a few places. The three kneeling flinch a little bit, but remain where they are, keep chanting. The guy sets the chalice back on the altar with a slam, opens his eyes, and notices the three of you. Well, shit. I am the least combat-ready person, so... (laughs) For once in my life. All right. Um, so, yeah, it's combat time. Uh, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to roll initiative. So uh, roll a d20 and add your dexterity modifier to it. I don't think any of the rest of you have anything that increases your your initiative. But if you do, add that as well. I, I do. All right. So uh, what are we looking like for everybody? Uh, well, the gentleman tied up has rolled a natural 20. All right. <laughs> so, um, so I'll be the first to kick and scream a little bit. <laughs> And what's your dexterity modifier? Uh, plus two. Okay, so you're 22. Uh, anybody beat that? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I have the alert feed. Please let your first action be free me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so Sawyer, what's your... 25. I have a 20. I have a 13. All right, so then O'Neill is perceptive, but apparently real slow. All right, um, so... The this sort of this thing that's just drank this blood, you see its its skin sort of like tearing and um, turning this sort of like this like infernal red color. Um, and as he uh, sees the the three of you, he sort of swings his arm out for and grabs an axe that's lying flat on the altar and starts uh, rushing towards you. And the three humans who were kneeling by him leap up and draw daggers from their waists as they rush towards you. Uh, Sawyer, you are first. Is he running... If he's doing a straight line towards the three of us, where's where's James lying in relation to that? James and Ignacio. Yeah, they're sort of off to... Uh, they're off to his left, your right. Okay. Uh, then in that case... And James is uh, James is bound with rope or cord or some sort. Yeah, you see, I James, there was like a, like manacles, like chains, or if it was more like just I'm probably not able to see exactly what it is. 
No, yeah, you just see that they're they're on the ground. Uh, James is kind of on his back, but you're able to see a little bit of rope on them, so you assume they're they're bound the rest of the way with rope, not to anything, just you know, kind of tied together. Uh, well, I throw I th- I have that decanter in my hand. Yeah. When I go down the steps, I didn't bother to drop it, and I, <laughs> I, I, I in chuck it in the air in front of all these these beings that are merged towards us with their weapons, and sure. I shoot it to rain glass and and whiskey <laughs> or or bourbon on them, and then I take cover. So that's that's my I have a I have a duck and cover feat. So my idea right. is to to throw it, shoot, and then get behind a pillar after right. I, yeah, I love it. Um, you chuck that, make an attack roll on the decanter. 19. Okay. Yeah, so you definitely hit this, and the three cultists seem more put off or surprised by it. Um, this, this sort of monstrous, uh, demo- now demonic-looking human that's still sort of growing seems less bothered by it, but it sort of growls and, like, wipes the sort of brandy and glass away from its eyes, uh, and you see it's a little scratched up. My, my hope, my hope is that my so my duck and cover feet allows me to take cut once per combat after shooting. I can I can take cover if there's cover available. Sure. So I'm, if if there is some, then I'd like to do that. Yeah, there's some stuff that you can definitely crouch behind as you get in. Okay, and then my goal my goal would be obviously to not not let the monster ha- know exactly where I went. Sure. Yeah, uh, and that's definitely good enough in terms of uh, in terms of it sort of like wiping its eyes away. James, you are up. Okay, well, now that there's some commotion going on, um, I would imagine there's not a lot of attention on me. Right. I'm going to try to work as hard as I can to get my hands free. Okay. Uh, yeah, give me another dexterity check. Uh, this one with advantage, because you're not worried about, about making noise. Okay. Well, first was a 7. That's not going to do it. Second was a 19. Yeah, that'll uh, do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so with the dexterity check, you sort of find a loose point in the knot and kind of rip them off, uh, scrape your wrists up a little bit, but uh, you are now free, and uh, if you want to, you're also able to get to your feet. Okay, yeah, I want to get up on my feet. Uh, Ignacia, your turn. So, um, I'm going to try to slip through the, the bindings again. Okay. And see if I can. <laughs> Great. Um, and I'm just going to try to go at it this time, like since they're all distracted. Yeah, sure. So you can do a dexterity check with advantage as well, or a strength check. <laughs> strength, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> that is a 16. Okay, that's just enough. So you kind of get your your hand in there, uh, and you're able to sort of pop the knot um, and get loose. Uh, you're also able to stand up if you want. All right. And... Um... Since I cast this as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Spiritual Weapon again. Great. Right on the big guy. Both of you, when you stand up and take the thing off your wrists, you're also getting the stuff off of your uh, your legs as well. So you're not still bound by your legs either. Okay, um, so now you have Spiritual Weapon next to this monstrosity who's charging towards uh, Detective O'Neill with, with the axe. So, uh, Agnes, what was your initiative? Uh, it was 13. 13, okay. So this monstrosity is going to attack. Um, it's going to swing at Detective O'Neill. So it brings this axe over its head, swings down, and sort of the axe clatters into the ground next to him. But as he comes up, he clips Detective O'Neill pretty hard, 
and you see him sort of take a gash across the leg, and Detective O'Neill winces in pain and sort of stumbles to the side. And Agnes, you're up. Oh my god, I've never played such a, like, not combat person, so this is going to be an exercise in creativity here. <laughs> do we have, how many, like, cultists do we have right now? There are three cultists, and the, uh, they seem particularly distracted, and we have the monstrosity as well. Okay. I'm going to try to distract the monstrosity by casting prestidigitation. Great. <laughs> I'm going to try to create a harmless sensory... Uh, except for this is a ritual, so it takes a whole minute to do. Because I can only cast through ritual. Mm, so maybe this is not going to work. Alternate. We still had some of those glasses that were like full of the, the poison dish brandy, right? Back there? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run back and get one of those. Okay. So you rush up... Uh, so you rush out of there, back up the stairs. It is now the cultist's turn. Sawyer, one of them is going to uh, take aim at you, or sort of rush towards where they saw you go with a dagger. Does does uh, the advantage for duck and cover work when it's when it's not a ranged weapon? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, okay. like, as they sort of run towards you, they'll you know they would be swinging down, but you would be behind something. Gotcha. Uh, which is good because the first roll was a natural twenty, and the next one is an eighteen. So that's definitely going to hit. Uh, what's your AC? Not eighteen. It's a fifteen. Not eighteen. Okay. Um, and so they're going to... Uh, one of the cultists sort of swings down with this dagger uh, and hits you for five. Got it. All right. James, you're now uh, on your feet, and so one of the other cultists is going to lunge towards you with a dagger with disadvantage because they have the stuff in their eyes. Um, but both of those hit. So uh, you are also going to get stabbed for five. Okay. Uh, and Ignacia, same thing. They're going to lunge towards you. Uh, okay. That hits a 13, and that hits a, that hits a 7. I assume your armor class is higher than 7. It's 11, so yes. Yeah, yeah, you're good to go. Um, so one of the other cultists, like, slashes at you and misses. Detective O'Neill is going to take aim at, at the monstrosity that just axed him um, and is going to uh, fire. Uh, and he uh, misses. So the shot rings off the, the stone wall behind him, uh, and we're back to the top of the order. Sawyer, it's you. So Sawyer, the person with the dagger just kind of lunges down and, and gets him a little with it. So Sawyer just puts the barrel of the pistol right into his the per, uh, person with the outstretched arm's face and fires as he stands up. Okay. So that's a 17. That's, that's plenty good. Yep. And I'm rolling a, a D8 for the pistol. Is that correct? That's what I had down here. I didn't know if that was... Uh, yeah, D8 plus your proficiency modifier plus your dexterity modifier. For damage? Yeah. Right? Is Dex mod is added to damage, I think. In that case, my Dex mod... Oh, that's my saving throw. My Dex mod is a three. Okay. And my proficiency on top of that? Sorry, yeah. Uh, damage is just dexterity modifier. Cool. So but it's going to be... It is with your proficiency. Right. One, one D8 plus three... Okay. Eight. I rolled an eight. Nice. Oh, I have explosive damage. You gave me ex- you gave me explosive damage, Doug. Yeah, yeah, I did. I messed up real bad. Oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I try to roll this again. Yeah, you do. I rolled another eight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we can we uh, rewind this and say that I'm shooting the big old demon thing? And I'm joking. <laughs> no. uh, I shoot the cultist in the face for. 16, 19 points of damage. 
So uh, it would continue exploding if it weren't already dead. Um, but yeah, so he swings the dagger down, and you just sort of look up as he misses, uh, or he hits you, right? So the dagger sort of sinks into you, and you just kind of look up, put it right under his uh, his chin, and uh, he's now an ex-cultist. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we have we have one down. All right, and then uh, for, for my movement, I'm going to move to the far, like if I'm continuing to the right, if I went down the stairs and to the right, I'm moving as far as I can around to the to flank this, this big old demon thing. So if he wants a piece of meat, he has to run across the whole room to get to me. Sure. All right, uh, James, you are up. All right, so James has been a stab, so he's okay with fighting back now, self-defense. Uh, I will just say Dan- James is not going to be out to kill any of these, so he's just going to drop them. Uh, sure. So, you know, Sawyer on cleanup probably. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to punch this one really okay. hard, I hope. Sounds good. Okay, so total of 13 then. That's enough. All right. So for my punch... Nine total. Okay. I do have a feature called Quick Hands. Yep. Which says once per round, if you succeed with your first unarmed attack, you can make an additional unarmed attack against the same opponent. Yep. Five, so 16. Yep. That's right. great. Another nine. So, um, so yeah, so you hit him once, uh, and he sort of rocks back. And, like, as he sort of leans back in, you just hit him again. And just, like, a sack of potatoes dropping out the bottom. He's just, he's down. He's done. So that one has been punched. Uh, and, and by God, he has, knew, knew it was punched. And and knows it, yeah. Yeah, he is he is well unconscious. Um, and sort of just crumples to the ground. Okay, Ignacia, you're up. Your turn. Okay, okay. All right, so bonus action, spiritual weapon. Uh, it's going to yes. hit... Hit the monster. Okay. And by the way, you'll, you'll see whoever's looking at the monster actually sees like a floating uh, celestial sort of hatchet just sort of trying behind it. Yep, explain that away, Agnes. Oh, that doesn't hurt. Is Agnes even down here right now? Oh, that's true. No, she's getting us a drink. Yep. <laughs> Important business. Alright, so I missed it. Uh, okay. So I'm just... I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, reach out to James with my action to cure wounds on him. Looks like he got stabbed a bit. Okay. So it's eight points of healing. Well, that takes me takes me just back up to max, right? I don't go past it. No, not past. All right. So yeah, I'm back up at max. All right. It is now the monstrosity's turn. It's uh, still locked in combat with Detective O'Neill, so it's gonna swing at him. So it makes two sort of wild axe swings. It's kind of distracted by this hatchet that's in midair um, and uh, swings its axe down once and down again. Uh, and Detective O'Neill, who's kind of regained his wits, uh, manages to just slink out of the way both times, but just barely on the second one. And Agnes, you are up. I'm going to grab, since I'm on the trip anyway, I might as well get two of the cups of brandy. Uh, sure. Then head back down. Great. So yeah, I'm going to say you grab them and you know get to turn around, and at the next turn you'll be able to take an action. Okay, cool. This is going to be another sock horribly missing when I throw like pitchers and cups. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we have the cultists. All right, uh, Ignacia, you have one cultist in front of you, uh, and she's going to try to stab you 
real quick. Uh, okay. And that hits hits an AC of 18, which is going to hit. Uh, so that's going to deal. Yep. So she she slashes across um, as you're casting these spells. And yeah, do you need to maintain concentration for the spiritual weapon? Five. Five. And no, I don't need concentration. Okay, cool. And so that's going to be that. Uh, Detective O'Neill is going to take aim at the monstrosity. Uh, that's, yeah, that's going to hit. Uh, so that's going to be D8 plus. So the monstrosity is going to take 10 damage. So yeah, Detective O'Neill kind of, as as the thing uh, swings at him, pulls back and fires center mass with a shot that uh, you think would have dropped most people. But the monstrosity seems to just sort of uh, shrug it off, and it looks like it just made it angrier. Uh, and Sawyer, it is your turn. So Sawyer's moving to a position that he wants to be at between the uh, a little bit offset, but so it's not just like a direct line, but with uh, O'Neill on one side and Sawyer on the other, uh, 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 just a little offset. But before he gets there, he sees uh, Ignacia get get attacked, and uh, while running, takes a shot at the cultist who is. Uh, attacking her. The, the first cultist he did not look in, in the face of. He, he just lifted the mm-hmm. gun and loosed it. Uh, as he's running this time, he looks and he sees the face of the cultist and immediately the face is replaced by someone that he knew and loved. And at that moment, he freezes a little bit. He's still going to pull the trigger, but if it's okay, I'd like to give him disadvantage. I'm comfortable with that, yeah. First one is a 15... 12. So I'll take the 12. Um, yep. 12 just hits. Well, I got it's it's 17 total. So oh, okay. Yeah. I, roll, I was just kind of getting the die roll. Yeah. Um, got it. Got it. Yeah. That so he, he definitely hesitates. It's not going to be one of those pretty shots, but it's. <laughs> I got sure. a seven. Seven, and I had my deck, so it's 10. Okay. Yeah. So you hesitate for a second, but you still hit this uh, this cultist who, if they weren't quite such a fanatic, probably uh, would stop what they're doing after that hit. But she is still very, very interested in, in cutting as many of you as possible. All right, uh, James, your turn. I think James would... Uh, I think he would go after, after the monstrosity. Okay. I mean, can he outright tell that the other cultist is a woman? Yes. Okay, then yeah, monstrosity. Okay. Because, I mean, Sawyer's also shot this one. Yes. All right, so I'm going to run up, and I think James is going to try to, like, stomp down on the back of its kneecap to try to bring it down to the okay. ground. Awesome. Uh, I rolled a 19, which... That's plenty good. Okay. Except yeah, with... Yeah, with sure. Okay. Nine, I think. All right. Yeah, so you bring your, your foot down to the side of this thing's knee, and it buckles to the side, uh, and it roars. It's in a lot of pain. But now you've got its attention. And uh, so it's kind of looks at you and is surprised by uh, how hard you just hit it with without a gun. Since I was successful, I could use my quick hands and, and just slug it across the face. Yep, definitely. All right. All right. 17 total. 17, that's going to do it. All right. Eight on damage. Okay. Nice. Um yeah, so as it sort of buckles down, you kind of come with a with an uppercut and just crack it right in the jaw. Um, and you see some of the... It hadn't quite swallowed all of the blood or maybe it's some of its own, 
uh, and it just kind of goes flying out of the side of its mouth. It's real hurt, and it's real angry now. Uh, so, Ignacia, you're up. Okay. So, bonus action. Gonna have spiritual weapon do a swingy swing on it. Great. I can't roll today. <laughs> <laughs> that was an 11, so no. And then my action. How far, so you're, how far away are you from me? Uh, I mean, I, th- I think, Doug, you might want to say, but I, I would imagine that if you're in the middle of the room, I'm on one side, like, equal distance from the monster, maybe? Yeah, you were you were both on the right side of the room, so you're relatively close together. Oh, cool. What's, okay. uh, what's the range? I'm just going to uh, reach out to Sawyer if I can and just, like, place a hand on his, like, arm and squeeze it and just do cure wounds on him. Okay. That's six points of healing. Woohoo! Cool. I mean, Sawyer Ew. doesn't say woohoo. I rolled a freaking one. <laughs> All right, uh, so it is now the monstrosity's turn. Uh, James, you have its attention, uh, so it's going to swing at you. So it's it's first shot, he brings the, the axe straight down across your chest and puts a, a gash through you um, and deals you 10 points of damage. Ooh. Yeah. And as it comes up with the other one, um, it sort of, like, the hatchet kind of flutters next to its face, and he kind of pulls away at the last second and misses you uh, with the second sway. And uh, Agnes, you are up. Uh, so you come down the stairs. Uh, there's a floating glowing hatchet next to about an eight-foot-tall uh, humanoid creature uh, with glowing red skin with murder in his eyes holding a great axe. There's uh, one cultist knocked unconscious. Uh, there's another one um, lunging towards Ignacia. And uh, there's one that's, uh, most of it is still there, but not all of it. Find a very rational way to explain this all the way later. Uh, (laughs) If I'm standing at the entrance, what's closer to me, the monstrosity or the leftover cultist? Uh, They're probably about equidistant. Maybe the monstrosity is a little bit closer. Okay. I feel like I'm going to have better luck with the cultist, so... I'm going to take the first glass of brandy and throw it at her face. Okay, great. And that's a nine. Yeah, that misses. Um, so the so the glass kind of zips by her face uh, and shatters against the, the wall in the back. This is going to be my MO, apparently. <laughs> well, luckily I still have this other glass of brandy for eventually. <laughs> All right, so the uh, the cultist who just had a glass of brandy zipped by her head swings at Ignacia again, uh, and that is a 19, so that's going to hit, and yep. stabs, you, stabs you for five damage. Okay. Woo. All right, uh, and Detective O'Neill is up. He's going to take aim at the monstrosity again, and that is going to do it. Uh, he is going to hit four. All right, so uh, he takes aim, um, and he's sort of distracted and a little panicky, but uh, he's actually a little cooler under pressure than you would think for somebody who's uh, kind of on death's door. But he uh, he takes aim, and he hits the left shoulder of this monstrosity, which unfortunately isn't the one that's holding the axe. And uh, Sawyer, you are up. Well, the, the hesitation is gone, because as soon as uh, Ignacia touches his arm and this kind of feeling washes over him of, of her spell. 
uh, the the ring on his pinky finger, which has been clicking like almost like a, a what is that word like a like a nervous tick on his pistol this whole time goes immediately calm mm-hmm. and uh, point blank range. Since Ignacia is touching him and the cultist stabbed Ignacia, that would follow that Sawyer just putting his hand out forward would be at arm's reach, almost like a touch attack with his pistol, and uh, he does that yep. to the to the face of the cultist trying to stab at Ignacia. Um, and I'm going to use Wonderful. my I'm going to use my inspiration point on this one. Okay. Well, you can see if you uh, succeed first. Oh, I got a 14 plus five, so a 19. Yeah, that works. So you don't need to use your inspiration. Okay. Cool. But I would have. Um, for the record. <laughs> and I'm rolling damage. All right. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this explosive damage thing. I didn't get it last time, but I got it this time. So eight and. Two. So 10 plus 3, so 13 points of damage. Okay. So yeah, you just sort of point blank, put the uh, put your pistol up, and just blow her away. The dagger sort of clatters out of her hand as she falls backwards, dead. In, in, in that motion, too, I'm, I'm bringing Ignacia, who just got stabbed, kind of close in. So like one arm is around Ignacia, bringing her kind of to my side as the pistol goes out and downs the other one. And uh, sure. uh, yeah, I don't know anything about medicine, but hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully she's going to be okay. She's hurt. <laughs> All right, uh, James, you are up. All right, so is this is this monstrosity, is it the axe-wielding arm kind of up a little? Yeah, he's, he's getting ready for another strike. All right, James is going to try to grab that arm and, and bring his other, other arm up and try to just snap its elbow. Okay, sounds good. Uh, that's a four. Um, now might be a good time to use my inspiration. Okay. <laughs> Which I meant I was totally going to say beforehand and just forgot. All right. So that's, that's okay. Cool. You don't have to declare it before the roll. You just if you uh, aren't happy with the roll, you can just take it then. That's a sixteen. So twenty-one total. Aye, right, that'll do. All right. So let's snap this arm. Potentially. Potentially. Eight. Yeah, uh, that was actually the magic number that I had in my head for you to snap this arm. So, yeah, the axe arm is coming up, and as it comes down, you just bring your your meaty weathered fist right into the bottom of it, and you hear this sort of bone splintering crack, and the arm goes limp. Uh, the axe sort of falls out, uh, and you get your your bonus attack. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was thinking just since I'm using both my hands in one action, that you know I wasn't going to take my quick hands this time since it seems like I would, you know, that would kind of be two, you know, both my hands are, you know, one to hold him and the other one to bring it up. Unless No, you're able to sort of pull him back again. All right. Well, let's go for the face. All right. Nope, that's a two for like seven total. Okay, yeah, that's not going to do it. So, yeah, you uh, kind of swing at him, but he's kind of looping around and not moving in a predictable pattern. So, Ignacia, you are up. Okay, so bonus action. I try to hit him. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, uh, that's a 16. Yeah, that's exactly what you needed. Okay. And that's seven points of damage. Nice. Um, yeah, so the so this spectral hatchet comes up, and his arm is sort of limping out, and it just kind of sinks into his chest, and he drops to his knees, 
and falls forward into it, uh, and he is he is out. Red Death is Morgan Nuncio as Ignacia, Cleo Yunsu Davis as Agnes, Tim Devine as Finn Sawyer, Kent Blue as James, and Doug Lewandowski as our Game Master. Rotoplay Podcast is edited, produced, and hosted by Kent Blue.